0: Well, would you clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise because we know that He's worthy. Oh, hallelujah. There's none like you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. Oh, hallelujah. 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 How good has He been to you this week? How good? Has he been to you this year? Would you give him a praise? That's worthy of his goodness. That's worthy of his mercy that endures forever. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We give you praise, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? This is uh, such a phenomenal church. And it's such a great honor to be in service with you today. And uh, I am just trusting the Lord is going to, t- to do an amazing work in our hearts and speak to our our lives today through His Word. But I, I want to be careful this morning to make sure that I let you know as a congregation how uh, wonderful I Uh, Know that this congregation is, how blessed you are with amazing leaders and ministries that are represented. And uh, we're so honored at the Calvary Church to be partnered with First Apostolic Church for the work of God in Cincinnati. Amen. 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 I want to give honor to Bishop and Sister Buller who pastored here for so many years and uh, wonderful people. And I give them honor to the legendary missionaries and uh, Bishop and Sister Enos are just remarkable and their ministry here continues. And I admire them and appreciate them so much. Your incredible pastoral team that uh, is represented here today who minister uh, each week. Uh, we are so honored uh, to to just be with them today, uh, you are very very blessed with a, uh, a a deep bullpen of ministry here at First App, and uh, then of course to uh, Pastor and Sister Urshan, dear friends of ours, and they uh, are just incredible leaders. Pastor Urshan is, as you know, a prolific speaker and an amazing. Uh, man of God, I, I consider him one of our greatest voices right now in the apostolic movement and beyond. And you are, you are blessed. You are blessed. A small confession, he is one of my favorite preachers. And I know y'all feel that way as well, but I, I get on the podcast every now and then. And uh, listen to him and, and just enjoy his fellowship and his friendship as well. And to the missionaries, Brother and Sister Marsh, we honor you for your labor of love and certainly your service to our country. We honor, honor you today. Amen. 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 And I know this is this is a back-to-school service, and today I'm going to preach on behalf of the young people, if that's okay. And uh, this message, I believe, can impact all of us, but I want to preach on behalf of them. And I honor the great leadership uh, of uh, Pastor Tyler and uh, his wife and what they're doing here. I'm excited about the name change, love it, and uh, appreciate everything you guys are doing. I want us to look... In our Bibles, quickly. Mark chapter eight, verse thirty-four. Mark chapter eight, verse thirty-four. There are so many friends that are here today, and uh, so thankful for that that connection in this city. Mark chapter 8 verse 34, when he had called the people to himself with his disciples, also he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And I want us to pray in this moment that the Lord would speak, speak to our hearts richly through his word. Lord, we thank you. God, for this opportunity to gather together to be a part of your kingdom in this way. Lord, I know and I trust that you have a plan for today. God, you've brought us together for such a time as this. And I'm praying, God, that you would speak to our hearts. Let your word go forth with liberty. Let it go forth with power and unction, Lord. Let there be revelation in this place and call us to what we need to be in you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. We're coming up on that very sacred anniversary of 9-11. Nearly 16 years ago, our American life was forever altered by the horrific events experienced on September eleventh, two 2001 in New York City, in Washington, D.C., And in Pennsylvania. It seems so recent to those of us who recall those devastating events. Yet those who are freshmen in high school today were not even born when it happened. It's hard to fathom that a little bit. For those who are alive, we can probably recall that beautiful Tuesday morning, we remember where we were on that day when we heard the news. I happened to be in Groveport, Ohio at Turnpoint Church, and we were picking up some furniture for the church. A a particular company in the city had donated some office furniture, and we were getting in a truck, and we were picking up that furniture when we began to hear on the radio I won't forget that time and where I was. It was unfathomable. It was unthinkable. I don't know how you felt, but for me, it felt like a weight on my chest and on my heart. Because there was so much uncertainty, so much fear and chaos. What's next? Something happened to the collective soul of America and the world on that day. There are so many striking images from that day, and one such image is of steel beams that remained intact at the bottom of the Twin Towers in spite of their collapse. And out of the rubble of the Twin Towers, these steel Beams remained visible, and they formed a cross, an unexpected cross, and this morning I want to preach to you on that subject, an unexpected cross. We read in Mark chapter 8, where Jesus said, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross and follow me. We realize that Jesus says these words before he is ever crucified. Jesus and his disciples were familiar with the Roman cross. Some say the Roman cross weighed nearly 300 pounds when it was put together. But the criminal would be responsible to carry that horizontal piece, which maybe weighed 70 to 100 pounds, and he would carry it on his shoulders. The Roman soldiers would put the vertical beam in the ground until the time of the execution. And the cross beam that remained visible, that beam remained visible for people to see. And it was both convenient for the soldiers and it was also meant to deter the criminals. It was a visible sign of the power of the Roman government. And it is possible that Jesus during his lifetime had walked past the site of his own crucifixion. And might have even seen the cross that he would hang on. This we know. Jesus was not surprised by the cross. He spoke of his own death to the discouragement and even the rebuke of his disciples. We read in Mark chapter 8, verse 31, he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. And he spoke this word openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. And then when he had called the people to himself with his disciples, he said to them, Whosoever desires to come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus was not surprised by the cross. He was not surprised by what was taking place. And like Jesus Christ, there are crosses that we can expect to carry. There are things that we know that we will face because we have made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Can I remind us today that when you and I decided to follow Jesus Christ, we decided and we knew, hopefully you knew, that you would face some opposition, that you would face some persecution, that you would be offended. Jesus would tell us that. Paul affirmed this when he wrote to the Corinthian church for he said, for it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. He said, let me remind you, early church, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. There are some expected crosses in our life, and it's important for us to grasp that concept today, that there are going to be some things that we face not because we're wrong, not because we did anything we shouldn't do, but just because you decided to follow Jesus. We should expect a cross in our life. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we have to take up our cross, and follow him. This concept is not hidden. It's not a hidden agenda item when it comes to Christianity. It's not a bait-and-switch tactic from our Lord. When you and I make a decision to turn our lives to Jesus Christ, there will be a cross to carry, and it is an expected cross. I would like to suggest, though, that while Jesus' cross was expected, it was not easy. The expected cross that Jesus carried was brutal. Matthew describes this expected cross for us in great detail. In Matthew 27, verse 24, He describes it, he said, when Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered and said, His blood be on us and our children. And then he released Barabbas to them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. That word scourge is not just a a little simple passing word. It wasn't just a slap on the back. But the act of scourging was a ghastly way to humiliate and devastate a body. They would take leather strips and attach metal balls and broken bones to those strips. And that metal would be hit against the body and it would begin to bruise the flesh until that flesh was ripped open and those bones would attach themselves to the flesh. And when they pulled the leather back out, it would rip open the skin and After they had scourged him, they placed his clothes back on him. And the blood that poured from his wounds that came at the hand of that great beating now began to stick to that garment. Can I tell you, that was the expected cross. Then the soldiers, the scripture says, of the governor took Jesus into the governor's palace and gathered the whole garrison around him. They didn't need an entire garrison, but they were concerned about the crowd and they wanted to intimidate Jesus and his disciples, so they gathered everyone around him. And then it says, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. Those wounds that were trying to clot and to close were now ripped open again by the fabric of that garment being torn from his body. And now they were bleeding again, but yet another garment was drug over those wounds, a scarlet robe. And as if this physical trauma was not enough... They taunted him in the process by mocking and belittling him and treating him as if he was a rag doll that they played with as they dressed him up. And then it says in Matthew 27, 29, when they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Jews, These thorns were were not just placed on him like you put on a ball cap, but these thorns were pushed onto his brow and twisted on him so it ensured that they were punctured down into his forehead and down into his brow and they continued to jeer him and bully him and make him like a puppet on a stage this this was the expected cross if that wasn't enough their insatiable thirst for pain and humiliation takes them further they then spit on him They took a reed and struck him on the head as if his head wasn't bruised and battered enough. And when they mocked him, they took the robe, that scarlet robe off of him and put his own clothes back on him and led him away to be crucified. Again, opening the wounds that were so desperate to close but could find no time to heal. The skin Ripping open again felt like lightning striking the skin. And his body was now swollen and battered, busted, torn, bleeding, and probably shaking. And as if crucifixion wasn't enough, they did all of this before they ever drove a nail into his hands and into his feet. And here is what I want you to understand today. Today. This was an expected cross. Everything he went through in this moment, he expected to go through. This is why Jesus would agonize in the garden because he knew the road that lay before him. He would say, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay and watch with me. I wish I could die now. I wish I didn't have to walk down this road. I wish I didn't have to go through this. And My soul is sorrowful. The scripture says he went further, fell on his face and prayed and said, oh my father if it is possible let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless not as I will but as you will and I want to tell us and remind us today if you've ever wondered about the depth of God's love for you understand this expected cross that he understanding everything that he would have to go through decided that you were worth it he decided that your life if you were the only one on this earth he would have died for you The scripture tells us, but God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The writer of Hebrews would say, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured The cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. When you become discouraged and when you are looking and wondering whether God loves you, can I remind you of the expected cross where he willingly stepped out into the the midst of them and said, I'll take the beatings. I'll take the crown of thorns. I'll take the mocking for you. I know you're going to reject me. I know you're going to oppose me, but I'll go through it for you. Unexpected cross. Knowing what he would experience, knowing the agony, the torment, the humiliation, knowing the shame, yet he chose to go through it because he loved us that much. Any one of those things would have been enough for any of us to say, stop. After we had been scourged, we would have said, stop, I'm done. Once we had been stripped of our clothes and humiliated, we would have cried and said, stop. After the crown of thorns would have been pushed into our brow, we would have said, stop. Once we had been spit on and mocked and smacked, we would have cried, stop. But Jesus knew every one of these steps. He knew them ahead of time, and he knew that every one of these steps Was what it would take to redeem us. So he walked through it all. It would be these steps. That would be the price. That it would take to buy us. To justify us. To heal us. To save us. And Jesus said I'll go through it. For you. I'll walk through every one of these steps. Oh hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm reminded of the old song that says, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Is anybody thankful today for the blood of Jesus? Oh, hallelujah. We didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve his blood, but he offered his blood to pay a price for our sins precious blood of Jesus what we can also find in this story of an expected cross is the story of an unexpected cross Mark records the scene and states that they compelled a certain man Simon a Cyrenian the father of Alexander And Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. And they brought Jesus to the place Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. Simon, this foreigner to Jerusalem from Cyrene, was just passing by. He had traveled around 800 to 900 miles from his country, a nearly two-week journey. Cyrene is located in the continent of Africa in what is now Libya. And he came to take in the sights and sounds and experiences of the Passover in Jerusalem. There was an active Cyrenian Jewish culture and one that would have compelled Simon to come to Jerusalem. And on that Friday of that Passover, Simon, like many Heard the commotion taking place in the city. He was just passing by. He wasn't there to participate in the humiliation of Jesus. He wasn't standing screaming for his execution. He was just arriving on the scene. His agenda was to worship, his agenda was religious activity. And entering into the city from coming out of the country and just taking his usual route, he is thrust into a moment, a moment he did not ask for, a moment he didn't want, an unexpected moment. And just passing by, a Roman soldier demands and calls out to him, You, sir, carry this cross. It's quite possible that he did not even know who Jesus was. Yet after this lengthy trip, he is being forced to help this Jesus of Nazareth. An accused man. A condemned man. It's not difficult to imagine Simon's initial reactions to being enlisted in this service. I'm sure he was surprised At being singled out. He was probably annoyed. With this unplanned detour. He was possibly reluctant. To be associated with a man. Who was a criminal in the eyes of the Roman occupiers. And the Jewish religious leaders. He would have been embarrassed being the focus of attention and bearing the instrument of cruelty that was meant for the torture of the most savage of convicts. He would have maybe said inwardly, if not outwardly, this is unfair. Why me? I don't have time for this. And Mark describes the scene and says that they seized him and made him carry The cross. Simon would not have wanted to help the Romans kill a fellow Jew. He also would not have wanted the blood of another man on him as he was preparing to participate in the Passover festival. The blood in Simon's mind would have made him unclean. And according to the Levitical law, Simon would have to go through ceremonial cleansing before participating in the Passover if the blood of Jesus got on him. Yet Simon the Cyrene is not given a choice about this cross. He is not asked if he wants to carry it. He is not promised a reward if he carries it. He is simply commanded to carry this cross. This unexpected cross. This is the picture of many of our lives. While we understand that as a Christian we are called to take up our cross, there are times when we are forced to carry a cross we didn't sign up for. We knew we'd be persecuted, we knew we would be rejected. We knew we would face temptation and pressure and be forsaken. But on our way to worship, many times another cross is thrust on us. It's an unexpected cross. It's a cross that almost seems contrary to the word of God. It's a cross that almost seems contrary to the promises of God. It seems almost contrary to the love of God. I understand people will reject me for my faith. But I don't always understand or even expect my own, when people from church or my own family does something against me. I understand that I I face resistance because I claim to be a Christian. But I don't always understand the disasters that sometimes come into my life. For me... When I think about this concept, I don't understand why I had to experience the drowning of a close friend. I, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. It wasn't something that I expected when I signed up to follow Jesus. I I, I didn't expect that my daughter would have tests uh, determining whether she was Down syndrome or not when she was just a baby. I, I I didn't expect that to happen, but I didn't have a choice about it. It was thrown on top of me and I had a cross to carry. I don't know why you had to walk the road that you've walked. I don't know why you had to lose that parent. I don't know why you had to lose that brother. I don't know why you had to lose that I, I don't know why that relationship fell apart. I don't know why that business uh, dissolved. It seems uh, unjust and it seems uh, unfair and certainly it's unnecessary. We all have those unexpected crosses. And the question today is what are you going to do with an unexpected cross? Luke describes this incredible moment with Simon, and he says this. Now, as they led him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon a Cyrenian, who was coming from the country. And on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. You missed it. They laid on him the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. While Simon carried an unexpected cross, he was not alone. You see, every step that Simon took with an unexpected cross, Christ had already taken the step with expectation. He was walking a road of expectation. Simon was carrying a cross that is unexpected, but he was not walking alone. He was walking in steps of Christ that were expected. Oh, hallelujah. I'm preaching today to people who have had to deal with some unfair moments in your life. You didn't ask for your cross. You didn't sign up for the journey that you're on. And I would submit today that we all have those unexpected crosses. But I want to encourage you that no matter what you go through, Jesus has already walked there. He has already been there. Oh, hallelujah. Before Simon's foot ever touched the ground with the next step, uh, that un- with that unexpected cross, uh, Jesus uh, had already been there. And as he walked, uh, Jesus' blood was dripping on the path uh, that Simon was on. Oh, hallelujah. And as they walked, Every unexpected step, Simon stepped into expected blood. He stepped into the blood of Jesus, and Jesus' blood created a pathway for that unexpected cross. Even though Simon didn't understand why, Jesus had already made a way for him with his blood. And something happened from Pilate's house to Calvary. At first he was annoyed. At first the steps were reluctant. And at first the weight seemed unfair. But with every step, every step into Jesus' blood, his sandals took, it touched more blood. And with every step, he got a glimpse of Christ's sorrow and with every step uh, he got a glimpse of Christ's innocence and before he knew what happened that an unexpected cross uh, had led him to Calvary. Oh hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Can I help somebody today and tell you that Jesus has already been in every moment uh, that you've ever lived. Uh, He's already been in every circumstance you've ever faced. Uh, His blood has already triumphed uh, over everything you're going to go through. Oh, hallelujah. You don't have to fear an unexpected cross. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says that he was tempted in all points like we are. Everything you've ever been through, he's already faced it, and he's already overcome it with his blood. He is not surprised by our unexpected crosses. Can I tell you again, he's not surprised by our unexpected crosses. He's not afraid of your unexpected cross. He's not taken back by your unexpected cross. He's not confused. He's not dismayed. He's not disheartened. But his blood has covered every part of your journey. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You showed up on the job. God was already in the cubicle. Young people, you walked into school, and Jesus was leaning up against your locker. He's already been there. You were wheeled on a bed into a hospital, and Jesus was already sitting in the corner waiting for you to get there. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. You walked into the divorce courtroom and God was already sitting in the gallery. He understood every unexpected cross you would face. And he said, that's okay. My blood has already covered it. Oh, hallelujah. And may I suggest, may I suggest, when they drop your body in the ground, God will be waiting to catch you and take you to glory. That's why Paul would write, Paul would write this, for we walk by faith and not by sight. He said we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. You got to get this this morning. That's why David would write, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Help me now, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Oh, what does he say? You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Before you ever showed up and faced an enemy, God was already in the midst of the enemy's camp creating a table. Oh, hallelujah. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely... Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. While you're carrying that cross on that bloody path, the Bible says that goodness and mercy are going to follow you. Goodness and mercy are going to follow you. Oh, hallelujah. See, we want the goodness and mercy to show up first, and then we'll proceed on the road to Calvary. But I'm telling somebody today, go ahead and just submit your life to the Lord. Go ahead and say, Lord, help me with this unexpected cross. And when you begin to go on that road to Calvary, I promise you today that goodness and mercy are going to follow you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 I wonder if somebody would bring their unexpected cross and carry it. Jesus has already walked it, his blood has already touched where you are getting ready to travel. Oh, hallelujah! I don't pretend today to act like some of the things that you guys are walking through right now aren't painful. They're not horrific. They're things that you don't understand. You can't figure it out. But I want to encourage you to stay on the road. Stay on that bloody road that follows Christ to Calvary. Because here's here's the point of all of this today. Because I told you I was preaching for the young people today. See, when Mark describes this scenario, he says, Then they compelled a certain man, Simon, a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus. Mark is writing to the early church about this moment, and he remarks that Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus. He inserts their names because it is believed that these sons of Simon are now leaders in the early church. And Mark is tracing their spiritual history back to an unexpected cross. And how he responded to an unexpected cross. That unexpected cross that not only changed the life of Simon... But it changed the life of the next generation. And I've come to preach for the young people of FAC to the to the young people of the branch and say, How are we handling the unexpected crosses in our life? Because how we handle it will determine how the next generation sees an impact in their life. You can get bitter. You can get bitter over that unexpected cross. You can can be mad about that unexpected cross. You can throw in your walk with God over that unexpected cross. But There's a generation that's following that needs to see some people carrying an unexpected cross to Calvary. That in spite of how heavy it is, In spite of how weighty and how horrible it is, I'm staying on the road to Calvary because there's two little boys that are watching me carry this cross. And I could give up now. I could throw in the towel. But what they know of God will be seen, not through miracles and signs only, but how I handle unexpected crosses. When people hurt me and church members hate me and things happen that we don't understand, how you handle that impacts the next generation. What will you do with your unexpected cross? For Simon, it was just to carry, carry the cross on a bloody road said God I don't know why I'm doing this I don't know what this means in my life but Lord I'm trusting that your blood covers we're still overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony Simon was an overcomer because of the blood of the lamb his children were overcomers by the word of his testimony. This morning, I'm reminded as I conclude. Some of you may know my dad. He's a pastor and a bishop. He travels around the world and he's, he's the founder of Purpose Institute. My dad was raised in church. His dad. Long story, but his dad became a pastor and an evangelist. Traveled through St. Louis area, started a church in Granite City, evangelized. But he died when my dad was five years old. And when my dad was about 18 years old, his older brother, who became a mentor and a father figure in his life, died suddenly when a car he was working on fell on him. My dad was just devastated. It was an unexpected cross. Not only losing his father at five, but then losing his father figure at 18. Shortly after that, my dad left church. And for nearly five years, he was away from God. But when he was 23, he let that unexpected cross be carried to Calvary one more time and today I am the beneficiary not of just expected crosses I'm the beneficiary of a dad who said I, I've got an unexpected cross but I've got to walk the road to Calvary because my kids need to see that God can be a provider, God can be a protector, God can be a healer And some of you have crosses you're carrying right now. You're carrying crosses right now. They're weighty. They don't make sense. They don't make sense with what you signed up for to be a Christian. They they don't quite fit into the equation that you thought was the Christian equation. But I'm telling you, don't stop carrying that cross on the road to Calvary pray for you before I invite you to come I wonder there might be somebody here today who needs the baptism of the Holy Ghost you need to be baptized in his name carry your life full of unexpected crosses to the altar and see that God might transform your life I want to pray for you Lord in the name of Jesus I pray for everyone in this building today I pray for everyone God that's going through some things in their life that are unexplainable They're unexplainable. They don't make sense. God, they've prayed about them. They've sought you about them. They've struggled through them. They've been counseled about them. But Lord, today, you're just offering a path, a path of your blood, a path of your goodness that you've already been where they've been. Because what they're going through, Lord, is going to be the testimony that impacts this next generation profoundly. Lord, and I pray you would give some people courage today to carry their unexpected cross to the foot of Calvary this morning. In the name of Jesus, I wonder if you'd step out of your pew. I wonder if you'd find your way to this altar. Maybe you just want to pray right right where you are. But I wonder if there would be some that would step out of your pew today and say, God, here's my life. Here's my life that doesn't quite make sense. God, and I'm carrying it, and I'm offering it to you today. Would you come? Would you come today? Would you come? That's it. Step out of your pew. Step out of the aisle. Oh, God, you have a plan. You have a purpose. Your blood is greater than any circumstance we go through. Your love is greater than anything that we face. Oh hallelujah. That's it, maybe you're next to somebody and you just wanna reach your hand over, put your arm on their shoulder and say, you're gonna make it, you're gonna make it, you're gonna make it, oh hallelujah. hallelujah oh hallelujah yes Lord yes Lord here I am today Lord